Life is made up of stories, whether they're true or not. And people love telling stories. And we, of course, watch movies of every type of genre, uh, you know, fiction or nonfiction. And one thing my brain loves to do is repair them <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, rewrite a story. I think that who's, I thought the premise was good. Mm-hmm. But the telling or the execution or something else was just really bad. Do you do this with it. all movies or just the ones that particularly irk you? I think uh, I think I do it not. I mean, I don't do it with all movies. I'm not pretentious about it, but I, I'm I I arrive at the viewing of a movie with the tools loaded, you know, oh. ready to go. Let's <laughs> so say you, so. You ready to rewrite the script? I am. Yeah. Before you even see it. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm. I'm very critical about. My own art, right? Whether no matter what the media is, and also of the art of others, because a good I love storytelling, and I think a good story is an, is important, and, the, and really not just the content of the story, but how you tell a story. You know yeah. what I mean? Even in life, and I don't mean like to say that things need to be embellished or exaggerated, but sometimes just the right amount of exaggeration. Helps well, the listener understand what's trying to be conveyed or what or what is trying to be told. Yeah, because there's kind of like a formula to telling a story, right? Especially Absolutely. if you believe in the the monomyth, which is the the heroic journey or the hero's journey, which is like a, a writing system, which all stories are pretty much based off of. Especially Star Wars, like to the T, is is based off of the heroic journey. Would you so? You, are you saying that, or are they saying that every story is a hero's journey well that's the the label right mm. it, it's you can call it a monomyth or you can call it the heroic journey which is in to say the heroic or the hero's journey it's the protagonist not mm-hmm. necessarily um you know a good guy it could be about uh, you know silence of the lambs you know it could be about a, a cannibal you know that, that would still character. follow the heroics journey you know the i guess that's true i think I, I guess that is true most stories are about a hero right right they're they're focused on some sort of main character even like movies that have multiple uh stories within it like uh oh what is that like lord of the rings well, or- yeah lord of the rings there's that man i can't think of the one i was thinking of but there's a movie out there that is told from different perspectives, but it all focuses on the same event that happened. Oh, I see. And so, but each person's story follows the heroic's journey. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, now the more I think about it, it it's sort of unavoidable. And really, when you think about it more, what story? Like, what story to you would be a story that doesn't have a hero that was that you really liked? Yeah, I'm having trouble I, thinking I couldn't of think of one. I mean, could you? Because even if you tell a story about a landscape, right? That it's still that's technically your hero. The landscape is your hero. He's it's the one that I mean, you're yeah. focusing around. The story could be about a baby elephant. Yeah, there's still oh, a yeah, hero. You got Dumbo. You got yeah. Dumbo, right? <laughs> yeah, or even a real baby elephant. But yeah, it, it's it does seem unavoidable, doesn't it? But you know what's interesting? What my brain likes to dice up, like when I'm in a movie theater, right? Say when I'm in a movie theater, I'm watching a movie for the first time. And I generally try to avoid trailers these days. Mm. 
uh, I'll watch a teaser. Like I look at the time. Yeah. On the on the trailer, if it's too long, I'm not watching. Like if it's if it's like over a minute and fifteen seconds or something around that. Spoilers. It's just it's just the whole movie in the trailer. Yeah. Like then I have no desire to see the movie, but because I like to be surprised, and I think I I feel like I owe that too to the storyteller. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I don't want to ruin his punchlines. The I reveal. Don't, their punchlines or the reveal, like all of those things. Yeah. So when I'm in a movie theater watching a movie. Um, I feel almost like a detective. Okay. And I say that because I'm ready to sort of pull apart the movie as it's going on. And I love trying to guess what's going to happen next or which character is the real villain if it's like a whodunit kind right. of figure it out kind of movie. Uh, one, because it makes me feel smart, right? Yeah. It pets my ego. But two, because it's fun. It, it's interesting to see how clever I can be. Yeah. If I, I, can I be more clever than the plot? I used to watch movies like that, like in high school. I used to try and guess what's going to happen and all that stuff. But then, more recently, I just want to be dumb for a second. You know, I just yeah. want to sit there and be entertained, watch some stupid explosions, two monsters fighting, you know, some horrible jokes that are just like, you know, whatever, so, just something stupid so I can veg out for just 10 minutes or an hour and 30. No, t- I totally get that. And it makes me think of like, I always combat, I'm always combative about this term, which is, you know, a bad movie or a B movie. <laughs> because to me, if I'm entertained, it's a good movie. I don't need, like, you know, like the whole, it's so yeah, bad, it's good. Like, yeah, I don't get the, that. The I mean, I get it, but it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me. It's too literal for you, right? You're, yeah, you're because it's either, it if it's a good movie, that means I was entertained. The story was interesting. No matter how chummy or you know, impractical right. or silly or slapstick. But I think slapstick. when people say it, a bad movie that's good is that they're saying it. They're 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 classifying all those different aspects of the movie like a low budget. Well, they're rating the quality, effects, right? I mean, I you get know, that. things things that equate to a bad movie, but but it's not. <sighs> that doesn't mean that it's a bad movie. But right? I feel like it's that like can a, be pulled it's a, apart. It's a, it's a problem with English. And yeah, well, expressing it, yourself. That's the true problem. I guess. Yeah. It's I not, don't know. It, it's just a way to, to me, describe a movie. To me, it's more about know? shame. Like, I feel like uh, people are, like, with anything in life, they're afraid to admit or, or you know, they find it mm-hmm. an unwanted value to admit that they like something that most people don't. I see. Or that or isn't, you know what I mean? Isn't popular yeah, so to they're like. They're like. They're like protecting themselves by saying, oh, it's a bad movie, but it's still. It's funny. Yeah, but so, I... But, it, but yeah. by saying it's bad, they're not putting themselves in alliance with that movie. Correct. They're not picking that makes a side. Like, I wonder if that's... Humans do that all the time, I uh, feel, so... Yeah, I wonder how true that is. I definitely don't use it that way. I just use it so I can communicate with other people that what kind of movie it is. You so know? when you have a movie that you would say is so bad it's good, does that fall into the category of what we're talking about, of like fixing it? Do you want to rewrite the no. story? No, I don't. Because I, I love the way it is. It's it's horribly right. good. Yeah. Okay. Well, what would be an example of a story? Let's start with stories. Give me, in a, give me a story, like a movie or a book, that... You were really impressed. Let, let's let's put some ground rules. You were, or let's you know define this a little bit. You were really impressed with the theme or the setting or the scope or just what was trying the message even of the movie, but everything else was falling apart. Like what was wrong with it? Well, I feel like there's a few out there like that for me at least. So Avatar: The Last Airbender, that movie, you know, oh, it's God, based the off the TV movie. show, right? Yeah. Which is amazing, but that movie. Was horrible. Oh, it man, did a fuck. Not even. I'm not even who, an Avatar who, fan. <laughs> who cares 
about the show and how like it is like the show that's not a big deal to me because i still like dragon ball evolution which is a which is a whole nother mess but i it's actually a decent movie on its own even though it's based off the tv series dragon ball but is way off yeah but, but i think it's still yeah. a good movie right avatar the last airbender not a good movie in any way like it's a horrible horrible movie but even i was like okay this movie can save itself if at the end it does like they do in the show and have the giant fish monster thing come like avatar man coming out and destroying everyone that'd be cool doesn't even do that he just makes a giant wave and scares the rest of the guys away i'm like this is stupid it wasn't in the budget yeah i was so mad i was like well I just wasted so much time in a movie I didn't enjoy even a little bit. Well, I think you 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 mentioned two uh, like um, IPs there, right? Mm. One was Avatar, and the other one was Dragon Ball Z, right? I think one thing I would like to point out that I think is a big difference between the two, especially in their movies, from the ones I've seen, is that Dragon Ball Z doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah, it doesn't try to be more than what it is. Right. Whereas the Avatar movie was definitely an attempt at someone who just probably didn't get the source material it wasn't part no. of their lexicon right no. yeah. so they took a very serious they wanted it to be a serious attempt at least in their eyes right of yeah. the telling of a story that they maybe didn't even like and that yeah. that's well, how it came across to me at least yeah, and they didn't even just lost in translation not only they didn't follow the source material mm-hmm. but was, like i said it was just a bad movie standing on its own even if it was like if the show never existed right and he yeah. just came up with this movie it was a bad movie. <laughs> right. And then I feel that way with a lot of Will Smith movies, too. <laughs> I feel like he just doesn't oh, try man. a lot of the time. And he it's like, is. That's like, I really I really like Will Smith. I think he's a he can be funny, like Men in Black. That's great. Wild Wild West, great. But there's other movies like Bright, with it, which... Wait a minute. You're not about to shit on Bright. Dude, that was a horrible... That movie is amazing, Zach. Wow, is that a good movie. Yeah, that, that, there's good that things about it. That movie made me like Will Smith again. Mm, see, I didn't like him in that. All right, we're going to tear... Well, let's, let's start there, with Bright. Oh, I got... I, <laughs> no, no, let's let's stay on Bright. We got we well, to okay. figure this well, out. I haven't watched it I'll since I'll let you go out, first. Right? What didn't you like about Will Smith I just Bright? think that he was... Again, he just wasn't... Seemed to be trying a lot. Wait, that was know? phoning in his performance? Yeah, he does that a lot. Yeah, but th- I don't think he did that in Bright. I thought, you know, where I thought he really phoned in his performance was like I Am Legend. Yeah, that was. That's I, another I don't one think of my, he was. Ca- he's yeah. the wrong cast for that. I know a lot of people well, like that movie, and I agree it's not a bad movie. But I, I do think. Well, and then there were better actors for yeah. that for that role. I don't think you know either that or Will Smith just didn't connect with the character on paper. Yeah, and it and that showed. And I mean, really, the most. The, the two best scenes, I will say this about I Am Legend, that for me the two best scenes are one when the dog, when he has to kill his dog. Yeah. And uh, two is the, the alternate ending where he, oh, where he think, survives. I okay, I don't know because if that, that one. that makes more sense to me yeah. than the one that they gave us. Um, well, it was just weird too. I didn't realize, it took like, I don't even think I realized myself that they were vampires. Someone else told me they were vampires. I guess they're not really but that's vampires. that's the thing, yeah, but that's what they are. That's what they are in the book, at least. I never read the book. And neither did I. I have. I, we're going to bring that up later. I do want to talk about the differences between books and movies and, and some examples. But let's go back to Bright, because you've triggered me with that. That movie's <laughs> I amazing. Did, I totally thought that would be a movie you would love. I, I know. I see. And I didn't really like the orc main oh character my, all that oh much Oh, my. Either. He stole the he show, was all right. dude. Yeah, but it was like, I don't know. It just seemed like the... Yeah. I, I like the I like the the universe, though. I do like that. See, I like that there was... 
they had all these monsters and fays and different creatures all living together, cohabitating. I thought that was a really cool aspect. And it was like a modern fairy tale, you know, which well, was that's cool. what it is. It's, a, it's an excellent modern fairy tale. In my opinion, I don't understand. I just didn't enjoy I, I Will believe. Smith's. <laughs> that's all. And then the no, other- but you're, you're shitting. Okay, wait. You're not only taking a crap on Will Smith, but. Well, no, see, there's times I liked him, though. It's not just, you know. But Joel Edgerton, who played um, Jacoby, who was the orc in yeah. that movie, he stole the show for me. No, yeah, he, he, was, he was excellent. Yeah, he was better for sure. I just didn't. Well, you just said you didn't like him. You're back. I didn't like time, him that dude. much, is all I'm saying. Okay. Well, I, I just didn't like that character. The actor was fine, and, you know, everything else. It's just that I just didn't like the character that much, that's all. Which is, I mean, you know. There's plenty of times I don't like characters. I know. I just wish you could give a more specific reason because that movie to me is a master stroke. I want sequels to it All so right, well, bad. Well, I'll, I'll rewatch it and we'll do a follow-up then. <laughs> we'll do a follow-up. Yeah, we're gonna, I feel like we need to have a talk so, just about Bright. But I, I, am, I Am Legend was another one that I, I found you know a little lacking. And then Hancock as well I thought could have been a better movie. Yeah, I agree with that. I actually like that movie. But yeah, I, I do, do too. Think, well, these I movies, right. I, I do like these. Well, I don't know if I like Bright as that much, but I do like I Am Legend, and I do like Hancock. I just feel like they could be better, you know, like they have potential to be better, mm-hmm. and and so does so does Bright. But I don't know. The other, oh, so the other one is uh, the sequel to uh, the Da Vinci Code, Angels and Demons. Oh yeah. So I thought that when was I just, yeah, when I first heard that movie. movie I was like, oh, I, it's whatever, you know, it's probably nothing, you know, it's like some modern time movie, whatever, who cares? And then my friend's like, no, it's a movie about angels and demons fighting. Like, it's going to be great. No. And then, <laughs> and then I saw a commercial for it. I was like, this is not at all what he's, my friend said it was. Like, this is stupid. I don't want to watch this. Well, yeah. So I just went into that movie thinking it was going to be something completely different. Well, that's so what we're, that's, wa- that's we're watching a little, but that, that can be exciting too. Like, Going into a movie blind, right? Yeah. So, like not watching or reading up on the premise at all. Right. But I will say this, like the first the first Da Vinci Code movie was good. Yeah. And when I, I didn't know anything about the book or the craze around it or any of mm-hmm. that. And I actually was kind of like you. I thought maybe this was going to be kind of like The Prophecy with uh, Christopher Walken. I don't know if you've seen those movies. No. Where it very much is heaven and, heaven versus hell. Yeah. Uh, okay. On Earth, kind of thing. Oh, that does sound familiar. Yeah. So in that case, I mean, okay. Look, we could talk about sequels too, and maybe we should. But in most cases, sequels aren't better than their source, their original material, the first movie, what have you. Yeah. But there are, I think, there are examples of sequels that are just as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think there are more modern examples, although now they're kind of old, like uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Of uh, his three, I think the second one is the best movie by far. Because it tells a lot of side stories. Oh, that's uh, Doctor character. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of character, proper character building, I think, in right. the movie. And so you really care about the characters and their choices. And that, to me, that's so important in a book or in a movie, uh, in any story, is the character building. And I really cared. I mean, I love, there was a proper love story in Spider-Man 2. There was a proper villain story. Yeah. A proper clash of, of their emotions and ideals, more so than the first. I, I really like, um, William Dafoe and the first one. The though. first one. Oh my gosh. That guy is awesome. 
He he has a really cool voice and his Why face has is... Willem Dafoe not played Joker yet? I have no idea. Oh yeah, I saw a I don't know if it was a reface, but it was That's some right. kind of like deep fake thing where he they was doing like a Joker. Joker. I was like, Oh my gosh, that would be great. <laughs> like I would watch that it's untapped, in a heartbeat. Man. Untapped gold. Yeah, it's way better than that uh Jared don't you Leto. dare say it. <laughs> God damn it, Dude, Jared Leto. That that is what he's doing such what, a good job. What with do it? you like about a gangster uh, Joker? What first do you like of all, about that? first of all, to me, Joker is a gangster. Okay, and I think that's an element of his character that is constantly overridden or ignored or just blinded by the performance of the actor. Because if you look at any iteration of Joker, he is a gang leader. Yeah, he's he, a thug. He's, yeah, but not like he operates as a thug. Now his motivations, his goals, even his tools, and and his and those who work for him, his corporation, right, is in, is the industry that he affects. Mm-hmm. Those things are where his uniqueness come out. But at base, he is a thug, and even yeah, his he's... many origin stories. Well, there's not many, but well, even his origin stories build him up as a thug. So he is a gangster. He's a yeah, gangster, but he's not like. Not like some, not like that. Not but, like that. But you he's, have he's to modernize it. Well, you modernize the story. But they don't modernize. It, uh, what's his name? They modernize they, Batman. No, they but modernize it, Superman. But, they change all their in, stories. In uh, the first Batman with Christopher uh, Nolan, right? The the I can't think of the mobster there. Like the the one that's at the Marconi. Yeah, Marconi. Okay. So they, they don't like like that would be fine. Yeah, you, you make yeah, Joker but even like that's that, an, that. But they they don't make him like that's a, an old school. They went. I mean, that was out of that was out of place in my opinion because Marconi was like a 1930s gangster but, in 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 the 21st century. Well, there's still organized crime like that today, though. But but I think a modern. That's what I like about Jerry Leto's character is that he's 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 also a He's so much of a fantasy of a modern thug, modern gangster, that it feels more comic book to me. And that's what I feel, in my opinion, when I watch a comic book movie, I want it to feel like a comic book. I really don't like when they try to relate too much to our world. Because even though in a comic book, Metropolis is, you know, like... uh New York and Gotham is like Chicago. Right. They aren't New York and Chicago. They're just right. They're mimicry, right? It's it's art. Characters. Yeah, yeah, like the characterizations, if you want to call it that. And so I don't like when they you know, that's my problem with the modern Batman, for example. Right. And they even make the joke. We're gonna talk about this. They even make the joke in the in the in the Justice League movie. The new both, the Snyder Cut one. Yeah, or? they I mean he I think he says it in the in the in the Joss Whedon one as well, but you know, he he tells Flash when Flash asks him what his superpower is, he says, I'm rich. And that's such no, a yeah, that's such a joke that fans make. That's not something that Batman says. Batman would say. No, yeah. I, and I, I, I dislike uh Ben Affleck's Batman. I can't stand him. He, it's terrible. He, and you can tell he, he cares not. nothing about the character, which is a mistake. On well, their, the, on their even end. the writing is bad for oh, him. Oh, the too, writing's you terrible. Know? The, yeah. the, he doesn't, <laughs> it's so bad. He doesn't tote around that he is Batman. He wouldn't just tell Aquaman that he's Bruce Wayne. Like, that's not how that works. <laughs> it's, Batman is like one of the most secretive characters that, that's a hero, like superhero. He's like one yeah. of the most secretive. Like he he keeps everything close to the vest. He doesn't even tell his partners things, like the Bat family. He doesn't right. tell them everything. He keeps everyone he, in the dark. He does. That's yeah. his that's his thing because he doesn't trust anyone, which is you know 
rightfully so. <laughs> I think we need to talk uh, more about the the Justice League movie. Uh, you know, you've seen, have you seen the Joss, the original, the Joss? Yeah, want? not okay. since it came out, and then never again because I couldn't, I couldn't bear it. Well, you saw more than I did because I couldn't even sit through the first after twenty minutes of that movie. I turned it off. It was so bad. Now I sat through and watched in one shot the the Zack Snyder cut. Okay, and that was over four hours, and they did it in like six parts like six oh, chapters really? yeah it's kind of like a mini series really so, so they're a half hour long uh yeah like about okay. a little longer maybe because it was over four hours uh in, in total okay yeah in totality but um I'll, let me start with some good things to say about it one thing i liked was that overall it did feel like a passionate attempt to fix something that was broken so i thought that overall thematically musically uh, visually, everything felt way more cohesive, and it rolled together much nicely than the original movie. And I thought that in the so in the original, they didn't cyborg story. There was like really no story for cyborg. Yeah, cyborg, and in this cyborg one, gets, they really fleshed it out. Did they? And let me tell you, it stole the show for me because he was the only really interesting character in the movie for no, me. No, he's Cyborg. awesome. Cyborg. I'm not a big Cyborg fan, but I feel like I am now because he was so awesome. I like Cyborg a lot, God. but in the comics, he does get pushed aside a lot. Like, they just don't focus on his uniqueness. You know, he's a Cyborg, literally. He's he's merged with a, a mother A box. quantum computer. Yeah. 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 So it's like, and then, and then his whole story with his father and him never like really living up to his father's expectations and him wanting to be like a football. And then he gets that taken away from him. And then like, there's so many interesting things. And then, I mean, I, my love for Cyborg comes from Teen Titans, the animated show. So, I mean, that's where he probably gets a proper representation. And, well, not necessarily, but like he, he is a bigger focus, you know, he's like uh, a team member of five. So, you know. He has a lot of character development. It's not necessarily as true to the comics, but it's still like a really cool introduction to the character. Well, and he has a lot to offer. That's he, something that you mentioned mentioning the, the he's a human focus transformer. on teamwork. Yeah, well, <laughs> that the Snyder cut. So I feel like a lot of Justice League inspired movies, both comics and animated movies and things like oh, that. Man. It's really it's really Superman plus. <laughs> five right or plus these other guys or superman batman plus others you know? yeah and in this in snyder's version he definitely focused more on the group and you notice that because when superman is reintroduced into the story it doesn't turn suddenly turn into a superman movie like it did in the original mm. and i did watch actually enough of the original to like compare it right i just watched it more in pieces because like i just couldn't sit through it in one sitting it was no. terrible but um I, i'll say minor spoiler alert but basically what was great about Cyborg that I've never seen his character built up this way is Snyder's cut really goes into the detail of his powers. The fact that he's almost like a Superman, at least on Earth, because he can affect everything digitally. Yeah. So he can change every computer, every system on the planet at will. Yeah. And it, there's nothing that can stop. There's no human computer system or, you know, uh, antivirus or firewall that can slow him yeah, down. Yeah, there's a, there's a comic that uh, that's out there. I thought that was really cool because that was never put to me that way. Yeah, Deceased, which is uh, DC's Marvel Zombies pretty much. You no, know? I've seen parts which of it. Yeah. Which is awesome. But it starts because uh, Cyborg gets the anti-life equation into his system and then he, he he comes back to Earth, and then it's all like it spreads through the you know Wi-Fi pretty much. And then if everyone that has a screen TV or uh, phone or whatever that's anything that's connected to 
more gets infected and those people turn into zombies. So it shows how the capability of Cyborg pretty much and how much of a threat he can he, be. Yeah, how about a threat and a hero he can be. Right. But that so those were good things about the Snyder cut. The bad things that were still around, I maybe the bad things are things that were just always bad about the movie, even the original, like what they shot. Mm-hmm. Um I'm personally not a fan of the Flash. I thought the actor that played him was to me the Flash is not some annoying I mean, again, it's modernized, so maybe younger people relate to it. But I thought he was just annoying. You know, he was he was too much of a geek. You know, and and it seemed like he had a great understanding of his power, and at the same time pretended he didn't. Like, why was he being coy? Why was he playing dumb around these heroes that he supposedly constantly said he looked up to? Right. Like, why, why hold back? And then the other problem I had was uh, what we already kind of talked about was Affleck. I mean, talk about phoning in a performance. I mean. I think Ben Affleck. Now, this usually doesn't matter to me, and it, it still doesn't. I think the the person who the actor is in life, unless there's some really vile person, you know, like a pedophile or something, I don't care if you know about their politics or their yeah, beliefs, same. their religion, all that. I care about their performance. Right. right? I don't think I, Tom Cruise and I would get along, but I really like Tom Cruise movies. But when it comes to Ben Affleck, I felt like the shitty person I think he is in real life was translating into Batman. <laughs> and in Batman, it's a weird balance with Batman because he is a shitty person, but he's got a good heart. And yeah, his he's motives just are off. well. He's just closed off. But Batman's man, not shitty. <laughs> well, Affleck's Batman was. Yeah. And the only time I liked him as Batman in the entire movie was in the post credit scene with Jared Leto as the Joker. Okay. And I'm telling you, Mike, what I like about Leto is uh, is his, his performances. He's a good actor. That's what's selling it for me. He's taking the character seriously, okay, even though it's an unpop most let's say the most unpopular version of the Joker. Okay. And that's what I really like about it. That's why, you know, and I'm like this with a lot of different characters throughout movies and story, like, you know, Timothy Dalton mm-hmm. for James Bond. I think he's the most disliked James Bond and to me he's the best is that the newer one no 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 the newest uh Craig uh Daniel oh, Craig okay. is is terrible but um but Timothy Dalton was from the late 80s early 90s okay. he had two I think three movies two maybe and I think the third was uh, fell apart or something but anyway um so yeah I I would I, I was able to sit through the Snyder cut and I thought you know there's other little things about it yeah but did you enjoy it overall then yeah, I did. I think the problem, one problem too, is I watched it in one shot. I should have took took breaks because it made parts of the, it made parts of certain chapters really boring. But man, they did. I mean, they did Themyscira right. I like Steppenwolf now. Thank God they added in Darkseid. He should have always been. Yeah, that made no sense. He, he is the ultimate. He bad. is the ultimate bad guy in DC, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. You know. And uh, it's a little weird when they there's still there's still plot holes like Snyder closed up some gaps, some plot holes that like were just blatant in the original. But then he introduced new ones, you know, things like, uh, for example, you know, Darkseid's been to Earth before and his ultimate goal is to find what it's, you know, what you mentioned. It's called the anti-life equation. Okay. right? And supposedly in the past when Earth was defended by, you know, Zeus and Ares, like all the Greek gods, they okay. were real heroes. Darkseid found it here on Earth, and then he got defeated, but and then gave up. But then later in the movie, he acts as though he never knew it was there, and that Steppenwolf finds it there on because he has a dream. The the unity, the three cubes, give mm-hmm. Steppenwolf some obscure dream, and he he understand he just he defines that he de, you know deciphers. 
the dream has meaning that the anti-life equation is on Earth. Like, it's very... Huh. It, it, it's too confusing. It doesn't make any sense, you know, yeah. and it was a patch. It wasn't, um, it wasn't well written. So there's, it, there's still things about the story that are really bad in my opinion, but yeah. watch it anyway. Is, if you there, seen is it. there any other movies that you've seen that you would like to rewrite that had a great premise that you would change that I would like to rewrite? Well, yeah, there's a, I feel there's a lot of movies that could fall into that category. Although I would say, a lot of the examples I give would be sequels. Okay. And 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 I think sequels fall apart for a lot of reasons. It's because, you know, there's more production sometimes. There's more publishers involved or different publishers, different okay. directors, you know. More fingers than the pie trying to It's too many chiefs, not enough their, Indians. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at the Mummy movies, right? Oh. The first movie with Brandon Fraser, I mean, because yeah. it's a remake. But the first one's great. Yeah. The second one's really good. <laughs> and then the third one is just, you know falls into a pile of shit and yeah, tries to were, swim in it the whole there time. There's nothing it's, good about that. I thought the, it was cool that they're going to China and they got the... Yeah, uh, that's a perfect example. It's a good premise. Yeah, and they got the... What do they call those? The statues? clay soldiers? Or yeah. Whatever, I forget, yeah. Those I think they're the, clay. Yeah, yeah. There's something like that. But they're really cool. Yeah. No, it was a good premise. It just... It, it didn't take off like it should have. Um, there's a there's a lot of... Mo- well, see, here's the thing, too. Like... I'm very critical about remakes because, in my opinion, there's two real good reasons to remake a movie. And money doesn't fall into place <laughs> for any of that. You'll make money either way, yeah. right? The first one good reason, the first good reason is because the first time it was done, it was done badly. It wasn't properly done, mm. right? The second reason is because it was the first time it wasn't, it was done, it wasn't done with enough money or enough uh special effects or okay. the right acting the right story so and that's kind of similar to the first reason but basically there's a reason to remake the movie like even if it's just to modernize it to, to tell it in a different way like in the 90s they did um a romeo and juliet movie with leonardo dicaprio okay and instead of swords they were like more modern gangbangers really and when oh, you read yeah, yeah. when you read cuz i love shakespeare when you read romeo and juliet that's really what they are i mean they're two families right, but the but, children and the cousins they're all thugs they're yeah. all gangbangers basically just they have rapiers and broadswords instead of 45s and and 9mm yeah and money and title right yeah so i thought that's a good remake you know you want to tell it in a different setting that's cool but nowadays it seems like hollywood it just wants to pump out they just want to resell the IP. I mean, in some cases, like the movie was just done eight years ago and they're remaking it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I wish I had an example, but. Well, I know what you mean about doing a remake poorly, like Point Break. Like the, I don't even original, see that remake. I, I don't know if I can. I don't even remember what it was. It was it was, it was was so weird. It was way more like a spy action film, you know, instead of yeah. like about an undercover cop who falls in love with the girl that's supposed to be his in to like the, the gang and stuff and then has inner turmoil like it just doesn't play out the same way well that's such a fun concept too right a bunch of surfers who are bank robbers (laughs) i mean that's that's such a metal like yeah man you know what i mean like it's just like that's such a right there that idea has energy yeah and you can just build the story off of it which to me they did yeah they did a really good job in the original with it yeah that remake did did not do so oh man i mean some remakes are so bad like the total recall remake right oh i never got to see that paul verhoeven i miss paul Ver- Ver- verhoeven movies because 
when I mentioned earlier, like a comic book, like a movie feeling like a comic book, mm-hmm. Paul Verhoeven did that, man. He did it like Total Recall, RoboCop, like those yeah, movies those... just felt like comic books. And then you got like uh, Blade Runner as well that feels yes. like a comic book. I so, don't know if he did that. But. No, he didn't. But my point is like, the like so the Total Recall remake, I, I know I watched that movie and I can't remember anything. <laughs> All I remember is- uh, You can't. That, totally recall i can't it, it, <laughs> it literally gave me movie amnesia it was so boring it was oh, just, wow. same thing with the, the robocop remake mm. i have I, I know i watched that movie and all i remember is the suit and that michael keaton was in it yeah you know, OCP, you know who does it. a good job is uh dread the, yes. the remake of dread Excellent was, was really good i actually really enjoyed oh. that and the whole idea with the, the what is it red eye the drug or whatever that they that, that, that slow mo slow mo oh, yeah. the effects on that was such a so cool idea for cool. a drug yeah oh my gosh and a great they, they, villain idea like yeah dude I love dread so much I watch it like once a month or at least I did for like a year <laughs> and I actually just watch it recently twice because I love that movie oh, I can't do that but. that is so excellent <laughs> I no. can't rewatch oh, but see so that's bored. an example of a remake with a re with a more modern retelling mm-hmm. even though it's technically a, a futuristic sci-fi in its right. core story but the reason why i bring that up as an example is because the stallone one is also good yeah, it is like they're both good and they're both and one is a remake technically right. the, you know the new one it's but, a yeah but a they reboot, both have such will. a different style and story that's being told right. that i can enjoy it yeah. i can enjoy both separately but it's when they, yeah but when they remake Movies just to, like I said, resell the IP. That's just terrible. It's just terrible. It always is bad, too. It shows yeah. that. Is there elements in movies that you hate to see? You mean like certain cliches? Yeah, cliches yeah, or, or ways of telling a story that you don't like. There is. I mean, I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a well, I should say I'm a huge horror fan. I love horror movies. And mm-hmm. even when they, I love, even when horror is mixed with other genres like adventure and sci fi and even drama, things like that. Horror comedy. Horror comedy. Um, I'm really picky about horror comedy, uh, but uh, yeah, the the cliches I see in horror movies are terrible, like jump scares. Mm, yeah, it seems like so many people that it, I feel like modern directors of like cheap horror movies misunderstood the the simple yet complex delivery of a jump scare. They just don't get its use, and it gets either overused or badly timed. And you can if you can see it coming a mile away, and it, and that is the only scare. Then you've you've, do you, you've do you think that do you think that started with Halloween? Uh, with like uh, it's definitely Michael Myers, just like you know, like the girls doing whatever in her house, and then like Michael Myers just standing out there. Like, no, Dum! like that's your that's no, your that's jump not scare. that's not technically a jump scare. Um, I would say jump scares became more of a thing. Actually, jump scares, if you want to, if you want to put it this way, are as old as Nosferatu. They're as old as black and white movies. Okay, because that was. Especially silent movies. I mean, not black and white, which were, but if <laughs> but silent movies had jump scares, and that went along with the music and the transition, right? Okay. So, uh, like one, um, oh, I can't remember the name. It's an old one. It's like uh, it's about a a doctor in his cabinet or something like that. But even Nosferatu does this, where you're watching an old silent horror movie and. They're clever about you know how they would they would their transitions would cut away to a frame right that had like a board that had an explanation of the scene because you yes, couldn't yeah, you yeah, know what people were saying yeah. you'd see them talk and then there'd be a, a cut mm-hmm. to you know what they were saying like a, a you know dialogue that you had to read right so what was clever about some of those movies was 
most of the time that cut, what you had to read, was short. Because right. you got most, you understood most of what was going on by watching the the, pantom, the miming of the right. characters, right? The acting. But every now and then you would get one that was really long where you had to do a lot of reading. And then it would come out of that suddenly, right? <laughs> they actually timed this. They thought, they, they really considered how long it took the average person to read something, right? Right. And then they would cut it off early, and then they would raise the music, uh. and then show you the monster. And so that is technically a jump scare. And so it goes all the way back yeah, that's really to cool. silent movies. Yeah, it's a cleverness that I I look for even in modern storytelling right. in movies. And so, but again, as much as I like that, it's totally misused in modern movies. Jump scares now are. You know, you know what ruined jump scares is like the scream movies, like the '90s horror movies. Okay. They just went. Ham. They went ham. <laughs> they, you know, there's some movies that's like nothing but jump scares, I feel like. So that's definitely one cliche um, I don't like. And even though I do like love stories, I think uh, love stories have a very, uh, you know, every story is formulaic. But love stories, or especially like rom-coms, they're, yeah. they're so predictable. I feel predictable. like most stories have a love interest when they don't even need it. Oh, that's a big problem. Yeah, and that's something like, I dislike like, why? too. Like, what's what's well, the purpose of this? Look at The Hobbit. Right, that I I that love. Disappointing. It's very disappointing because to me, The Hobbit is a better story than Lord of the Rings, and one of the reasons is that there's more character development, and it's not all about one war and one damn ring. In The Hobbit, right? It, the 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 story in The Hobbit changes so much, and it's not about a damn ring. Right. The ring that 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 Frodo finds or that uh, Bilbo finds is just like a side quest. Yeah. It's like a side story. It's not. You don't realize how important that ring is, right? Right. Uh, but you know it's powerful. But the Hobbit overall was a better story, and in the movie, of course, you know they just had to have a love story, and it had to be technically an interracial love story, right? It got all political. It's a female elf falling in love with a male dwarf. You know what I mean? And like that's just it's just so on the nose to me, yeah. and it insults me really. It makes me feel like I'm. You know, anytime a story tries to make me feel guilty when I'm not guilty, you know, when when the poli- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, like like as if. I don't know. I, I just get that that impression that that's what it's trying to say is like, oh, you. By the way, oh. you might have forgotten to accept differences in people. Ooh. So here you go. Like, Example: uh, Endgame with that all the the women power scene. You know, like when they <laughs> when they're like, Peter's got the he's got the glove, and then it, the girls like, we got this, and it's like all the girls are all together, but they were like everywhere. They were like separated by like some of all fly together. It's like. It's like, how'd you all get there? Like that, that that scene was literally pointless. There was no reason for that. You could have just had thrown it up to Carol Danvers and just have her run it in. Cool. Yeah. You don't need to have all these girls. It's together. not like all it's the like, guys like, got together hello. for that version. It's like, like I'm woke, right? Like yeah. and my eyes were never shut. Like, why are you force feeding this down my that's, throat? That's, that's, that's my problem it. Yeah. with it, is that it's just trying to force me into this submission. Well, it feels like, also like it's, it's like, trying to make you feel guilty when you're not. Like yeah, I like you know. I didn't do anything. Yeah, like, yeah right. women are women are equal. It's like yeah, I know. It's like yep, <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> why why you gotta tell me again? It's yeah. like you don't have to keep reminding me. I to, used to actually defend that scene when I first saw it because I'm like, well, wait a minute. You know, there's girl, little girls watching the movie. Wouldn't they want their heroes to have like a portrait scene or whatever? But <laughs> then I thought, well, wait a minute. They don't do that for boys, exactly. not really. So and if they did, I would cringe. I'd be like, what? That's kind of gay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if it's you know like, like if Thor like Captain America and you know and uh what's his name um um the Hulk Hulk, or, or the Hulk like Hulk all the characters and, yeah, yeah just like, had all the guys together yeah took, they just like and they had like protected the one girl that was like on the ground it's like well, well 
okay. It'd be weird, yeah. Yeah. You know what I did want from Endgame was when the the scene where like Captain America says, you know, like Avengers assemble and it's like the army of superheroes. Why why when they show the portals like opening and the and the heroes coming through? Why was there not one of Deadpool like jumping through and like with pom poms or something? Well, you know, like because, like in a cheerleader outfit, <laughs> like just just throwing in some comedy into that. Well, like, I don't think that scene. he was like owned yet by Marvel Studios. I, I'm sure so, there's but, some real but yeah, real world been, reason, but how cool would yeah, that have been? Just to right? have Deadpool like as he like needed a, to be there, like a comic relief. Yeah, yeah, like he comes through a portal like as a cheerleader or something. You know, like what? Like, something I did, but. Just to show that they're there did do they did show good parts of like women power if you want to is with Scarlet Witch when she just dominates Thanos like that was a good scene I thought that was cool that yeah. was cool she like unleashes like, her power like yeah you and, know what I have and that was that yeah. was awesome you it know? is awesome but then it's like one thing I don't like about super modern superhero movies is that you know it's like the like hero goes into like ultimate mode right okay and then they overpower the villain. But then they like back off. It's like you're throwing a punch, but not following through. So it's like if you always, you know, like with Thor, who's one of my favorites, if you always had the power to just go and chop Thanos up, then why did you ever hold back? You know, if you knew that if you if you weighed the threat, it's just stuff like that is silly to me. Well, I mean, also at the beginning of that, he Thanos just let him too partially. Thanos just let Thor come at him. Maybe I need a better example, but I just feel like, you know, when the the villain is overpowered and the heroes don't finish the job, so to speak, that's another thing. That's another problem I have with storytelling in movies. Yeah, there's there's a, you know, I was talking about this the other day with someone, how uh, modern movies, and of course we're fed primarily by Hollywood when it comes to that entertainment, is that Modern movies don't take the chances that they used to. And yeah. yeah, it's easy to blame Hollywood and we should, but at the same time, I feel part of that change in entertainment came from the internet because there's so much free content out there that yeah. it's just way too competitive. And if you're yeah. gonna put out a movie, you gotta make sure it's gonna make money, mm-hmm. right? As much as That's possible. That's the same problem with video games, like uh yeah. bigger budget video games like AAA games. They have that same problem. It's like the reason they're playing it safe is because that's what you'll buy, and they're not charging an outrageous amount like they sh- like they need to. They're charging you sixty dollars a game instead of eighty, because the budgets for or games even less. Some games are, are, I buy games for five bucks. Exactly. If you yeah. go on sale, like you know, a, a year later, well, you, some games are brand new at like ten, fifteen, twenty dollars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what was that? Like Epic's was just giving away games too. So they're it's like, how are they yeah. making money? They're not, you know. And that's in there. That's part of the reason is that, you know. People aren't buying the risky games, so they're not going to make them. That's that's a podcast we should we should definitely do too. But we'll talk about that another time, I guess. Yeah. All right. So we talked about movies, stories, but really movies that had settings or things we thought could have been done better. And I feel like you've got one, you one or two more that you want to talk about. Okay, I guess so. Twilight is a horrible movie. Okay, oh, I hate that. <laughs> but movie. I can save movies in my mind a lot of the time. I can, I can, I can. You like, can save Twilight. I can. Well, no, I, I almost can. <laughs> okay, so I, I don't remember the other two. I, I only remember the first one. So the first one wasn't that bad of a movie. It was okay. And the fact that the vampires are sparkling, I can get by. They're like that's vampires. that's not awesome, but I can get by. I can pretend that they're fairies that drink blood because in fairy tales there are fairies that drink blood. 
all right, that's fine. But what I couldn't get past is the girl, the main lead girl, like, she's just so laissez-faire and boring about everything. It's like, oh, my gosh. Like, like that's what I couldn't get over was the character or the actor. I don't know which it is because they could I think both, it's both suck. <laughs> I think they, yeah, I think they both sucked. Yeah. And then it was just, it was so bad. But I could get by, you know, vampires can, okay, I guess you can sparkle if you really want to. Well, that's whatever. the problem I have with those kind of, like, those brooding hero types where, I mean, Twilight is like Cinderella without the slipper, right? This girl doesn't like herself. She doesn't like mm. her life. And not really for any major reasons. Like, she's just sad because she doesn't have her mom. Okay, that's legit. But she hasn't moved on for that. She doesn't recognize that her father's trying. And she doesn't yeah. really know him anymore. Okay, I get that. But she feels alone. And I think she just pities herself all the time. Now, I understand Which- loneliness and sadness. I got no room for empathy for pity. <laughs> I there's I don't have pity. You know yeah. what I mean? Not in any real sense. And that's where, like you said, like I agree with that. Like the character, like who cares? Like well, I, I wake up, get for, over yourself. For teenage girls to to relate to, it totally is. Maybe. And it's, it doesn't make it any more interesting. No, but that's the problem. Was the main girl? If we if we made her like if she was just like. I don't even know. Just not boring. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Well, she remained boring even after she got what she wanted, right? She got a hot boyfriend who technically is just a really old pedophile. And I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't stop thinking weird. about that. I, 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 people bring that He's up. He's a 300-year-old pedophile. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, no... The more we talk about this, I can't get, I can't, you can't, can't fix, how are you going to fix mind. a movie? And like you, I mean, I think the best thing you tried to argue for was them to be like blood drinking fairies. Cause that's the best thing you can say about Which them. Which is kind of cool. Well, I, that's a kind of cool that, concept. It, I think that is cool. That. And that, well, I wish they had, because to me, they're not, they're not vampires. You know, they don't even have fangs. They're like, they're, they're like immortal, you know, pixelated vegetarians like i don't know what are they they're not vampires you know the thing the best thing about that movie is showed me my dreamland which is seattle like that looks beautiful i would oh love to be God. in that wet misty oh my dank God. world all the time like that looks awesome permanent permanent it's like permanent emo land that's what you want i mean kind of yeah oh brother i i love thunderstorms and just rain and just mist and that that like we're almost cold, but you don't really need a sweater. You're fine. You're you making know, me think great. of Jon Snow now, who is like the worst character in all the Game of Thrones. And most people seem to love him well, because he, they like he, the way he looks. Yeah. But that char- I can't stand those characters who are just like, you know, they, they call them and they're supposed to be the heroes. And they're like, oh, the hero, the, you know, the responsibility was thrust on him. But he doesn't really want it. And he never really mans up to it. And everyone's constantly pushing him to be the man they they hope or think he can be or will be. But he's never really convinced. It's like, dude, fuck that guy. My hero. <laughs> you know, what my favorite heroes are my favorite. You know, like I always imagine like, you know, you see a boot crushing the skull of some monster and as you pan upward you see some muscular dude with a bunch of guns hanging off his shoulder and he's just lighting a cigarette and he's looking around at who else he's gonna fuck up next that's a hero Duke you know Duke I mean? it's Duke Duke yeah, that's, that's a hero man like what the hell like I don't wanna hear about I don't wanna watch you eat your soggy Cheerios in a in a moonlit corner while you weep over yourself like get out of here yeah that's not really aspiring and that's know. what I think about when you say Seattle <laughs> <laughs> no i see i just like the way that that weather feels it's comfortable it makes my soul happy okay that's well, what I, see it's not emo if i'm happy right <laughs> i guess not yeah i'll allow it <laughs> <laughs> thanks so going on i guess what kind of heroes do you like what other heroes like maybe superheroes are your favorites 
You mean like for characters in a story? Yeah. Not really. Um, even though I like a lot of like superhero movies and stories, um, one thing I think that gets left out of a proper hero story is the hero's death. Because to me, the ultimate, what makes a hero is sacrifice. And there's no greater sacrifice than giving your life for another, right? Mm. There's, I guess, exceptions to that when, when the character's properly told. And the only exception, I think, is Superman. I don't think there's a character as well-written as Superman who is also basically a god and immortal. Yeah, I just... Right? I don't, I'm not a big fan of Superman. I think... He's too. He's a lot, a lot like Captain America, right? He's just goody two shoes, always he's doing the even, right thing. He has no moral. He has no moral dilemmas. Oh no, he's, he's has. Always, you're he's wrong. always doing the right thing, no he, matter what. He has and tremendous like, he moral dilemma. He that's why he's so interesting, and that's. But see, that's what I like about Superman is that in a universe of even in our world where things are just vile and terrible all the time, the idea that someone with that much power and responsibility could be also the best person alive that's yeah i mean that's like jesus right maybe it's better i don't know because it's like there's no fault in that character right and it's just i i like that 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 to me is yeah, meaningful but when does he have like an internal struggle about doing the right thing like he just always does the right thing regardless well i mean that's where and he's always there just in the nick of time it's like well, look, I think that is the purpose of his origin story is without being too complicated. Because, you know, every character becomes, they make it more complicated as time goes on. Right. But in Superman's case, that's why he, the, the death of his father is so important in grounding him. That's what makes him human, right? His alien father. His alien. Okay. Yeah, his human father. I said human father. Oh, his human father? Not his, yeah, not because, his actual Because Clark Kent. Father. Or not Clark. What's his name? John. Nope. Is it Jonathan Kent? He doesn't die. Yeah, he does die. In the movie. Yeah. But not but, in the comics or anything. In yes, the, but that's... Most of the source material. He's always alive. Him, well, him and Martha. Me, that's what makes... That... that The Donner film is, is really responsible for Ugh. making Superman interesting. Yeah, but that that's what so makes stupid. him the character. You know if you were Superman, you'd go save your dad. You know that you'd do that. Like, if you had the power to save... No, no, no. But in loved, the Donner film, it, he couldn't save his father. Yes. He's talking about the one where he it's a tornado. He had a heart attack. He had a heart attack. I don't attack. know. Which one's the Donner film? That's then? in 1979. Oh. Christopher Reeves. Okay. Yeah. See, I was thinking of the wrong one. I was... Because that, that one upsets me. No, it? the modern is terrible. Yeah, okay. that makes no sense. That makes... Yeah. Well, it's so stupid. And I really like... Um, what's his name? Who plays the father? Oh, oh I don't even know. I can't I'm remember. Come on. It's a dance of the wolf. Kevin Costner. Okay. Um, Kevin Costner is a great actor. Maybe underrated at this point. But... Um, he was great as John Kent up until that point, but no, I'm talking about I'm talk I'm talking about the night the Christopher Reeve movie. Okay, uh, for me, that's when the perfect mix of storytelling found Superman as a character. But that, as I said, is the only, from in my opinion, the only exception of a hero that doesn't need to die to still be the hero in my mind. I, I can't see. think of any other character that can pull that off besides because he always does the right thing because he's so morally because upright. he really is a boy scout. Yeah, he yeah. is. He, I mean, he's true hope. He's true peace, and I like that. I mean, even in Superman four, um, uh, which people don't praise, I think it's a great movie and it has some really good lines that Reeve wrote himself. And and like one line I really like is uh, when he. He says to the world, I really wish you could see the world as I do, because for me, it really is one planet and one people. 
And that's that. That's like, man, that as a kid, I was like, wow, that that's so good. Like that's Superman, you know. And so I like, yeah, I like I, a really good, a really good. That to me, that you know, you have you have to have that one really good character who's a really good person. And you know, that's my trouble with like a lot of Marvel characters because they're all like teens or they're they're you know they're fifty fifty. You know, morality is gray, all that kind of shit. And sometimes that gets overused. I think. I mean, don't you agree? I, I, I see. I like characters like uh, I got you know Batman. You know, I like him a lot because he he has he has a lot of internal struggle all the time to do the right thing. Like he he wants to kill all his his uh, his villains, but he knows if he kills even one of them, he he's in that you know he's no better than them at that point. You know, he falls into that that darkness which he's <laughs> trying to escape. He'll the- beat you within an inch of your life and break every bone in your body, but he won't kill you. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> what <do> you- <laughs> so- he's he's worse. He's so- worse than the villain. Okay, maybe. But what he does with KG Beast is so beast. Okay, so KG Beast is like a, a villain and he shoots Dick Grayson in the head, but Dick Grayson survives, whatever. Okay, but Batman tracks him down to like the tundra of of russia right like up in the siberia like area like black forest and all that yeah so he tracks him up there he gets him he like they fight batman breaks his back and then leaves him in the siberian tundra to just die died of natural causes (laughs) yeah (laughs) what happened froze to death (laughs) <laughs> it's like Batman. You just killed this dude guy. Broken but back. I mean, he comes back. KGB's comes back somehow. Okay. But still, I was like, they allude to Batman pretty much is like leaving this man to die. <laughs> it's so great. But what I like about Batman is that he does have that internal struggle. He has trust issues. He has. He's a very dynamic character. You know, there's a lot of give and take with him. Mm. I mean, I also like um, Etrigan. You know, I think he's a cool. Just he's just fun. He's just a fun demon guy. Jason Blood. You know. Yeah. Well, just, what about what about not? superheroes though like what's a what's a strong character in a movie that um because i can think of like characters or writing or even movie plots or scenes that really changed my life like it it enlightened me and changed the way i I thought about things or how i saw things i like you know uh braveheart you know i think that uh uh oh mcleod is not his name that's a different movie. william wallace william wallace yeah, I like William Wallace is a really cool character. I like the that he's it's a revenge story. You yeah. know, it's it's a really that's cool. my favorite kind of story is a revenge story. You know, he I, I like that a lot. I like that his there's a lot of there's a lot of real relatability for that in me too because he loses his father at a young age and there's like his and young then, wife. And he, yeah, and then he's like he grows up. He becomes a man. He he's strong. He's he's independent and he finds the girl of his dreams and he marries her and then <laughs> loses her to to uh english like you know invasion pretty much and then he goes on his revenge quest and u- tries to unite scotland and it, it, i don't know it's really cool and i think that's very powerful i think that's a good example that's a, that is an uh, excellent movie patriot and another <laughs> i'm only thinking of no gibson, <laughs> no gibson i guess <laughs> <laughs> but patriot's another good one another good revenge story and then him just like uh, it's like a father protecting his his, his boys you know yeah. it's, it's really cool in that way too I agree. Yeah, there's also a lot of it makes me think of um, the difference between because I I really I'm critical about the how they change characters when they adapt a book to a movie 
Okay. And you know what's weird is that there are some movies that are that they make books from, like they write a book later. Oh, really? And yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's funny that that never really changes. Usually, I can't think of any book I read that was after the movie came out that right. wasn't exactly like the movie. That's so But, weird. of course, the reverse is usually uh, the opposite. Right. Where... If the book came out first, then it's adapted to a movie that means, you know, they re, they write a script that rewrites a lot of the story sometimes, in some cases, a whole lot. And Do you think they do that just for timing's sake, or do they think There's that a lot of reasons. I mean, things just don't translate as well to movies. Well, there, you know, sometimes you avoid, you know, what the, what you can, content they think is too prejudiced, or, um, you know, sometimes things are boring, or what they consider boring, or... You know, it's mar- can they market it? How you know they they make movies to market the movie? You know what I mean? And like that's why I think modern movies are very boring. They're all the same damn story. Everything everything's a Marvel movie now. Literally everything is just a Marvel hero movie. It doesn't matter what the content is, and that's boring. Whereas like when I was a kid in the eighties, you didn't have the internet and all this all these other you know or smartphones, so you went to the theater to see movies. Mm-hmm. And there and and what was interesting back then compared to now is that. You would see movies that nowadays I think people would think are boring. Let's say like young people, right? Because they were movies with no special effects and they were just lots of dialogue and excellent acting. But a lot of times some of these movies and stories was drawl or, you know, not drawn out, but at a pace that would be today, I think, considered slow, you know? Yeah. I think the Uh, viewers become impatient. Like Akira Toriyama's films. Like all his like samurai movies, they're very slow and drawn out shots and mm-hmm. like you know expansive to show like the landscape and things like that. And they're very not much happening in the scene. And yeah. They are very dry. So I could see how yeah you know, a lot of older movies can nowadays become seem boring because you know now it, it is literally now 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 it's, it really it, it is. is fighting yeah. for your attention. Is and what's that's happening. odd to me because. I thought a lot of movies that were made from books back in like the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. they a lot of them, when properly done, felt like I'd read the book even if I hadn't. And that was interesting to me that they cared about the, the author's vision for the story, right. how he told it, right? Yeah. But now everything is just retold and someone else, you know, usually like a group of writers, different view yeah. based on, you know, is this going to sell or which market are we going to upset? You know, like one thing that's under attack now with Superman really has been for a long time. Um, and I commented about this on the Internet recently is the fact that um, Superman for me is known as saying truth, justice and the American way. OK. Right? Now, technically, Superman only said that in comics during like World War II era. Okay, like Golden and Age. Superman. Golden Age Superman. And then, of course, in the Christopher Reeve movies in the Donner films. Okay. Right? Um, and it's being removed a lot. And it is often, it was removed in like, I think, Man of Steel or whatever. He just said truth and justice okay. instead of truth, justice, and the American way. Now, to me, that's a form of censorship because. It's not derogatory to say American way because to me the American way is about peace and cult and the acceptance of culture and other people the differences in all of us. Yeah. Right. That's because to me America still is the only country with the most human liberties defended by a constitution. Now I'm not going to get like real political. Right. But it's just interesting that the character they attack fictional characters in their message even though their message is technically peace and, and oneness. That's very strange to me. It well, just feels like I wonder if it has to do with just that having a um, 
a a broader t- audience. Right? Oh, that's what it's so about. So you have you have other, selling con- the you have other countries. Sure. So sure. you're worried about they're not worried. alienating and. Well, they want to make not, money. They, they're well, not, they don't want to yeah, lose ticket sales because he says America way. Like uh, in uh, in the in the Middle East, um, when the Captain America movies came out, the title wasn't Captain America; it was the first Avenger. Even though it's hard to miss the red, white, and blue and star on his costume, it, and I'm it's laughing. Not, it's called Captain America: The First. It's Avenger. called. It's just called the First Avenger. They take the Captain America out of the title. Oh, in, in the certain Middle countries. East. Oh, certain I countries, got what you're yeah. saying. They they change the title. Slightly. Yeah. So you know, and th- that I don't like. But again, that comes down. That my point there was not to be political or to get into that. But my point was how they change a character, and it lo- the character loses depth because of that. Right. Because they market it too much. You know. But anyway, I guess I'm talking a lot about this, but what's, I mean, what's one book, can you give an example of a, a book you read and then saw the movie for, and I don't know, what did you have to say about it? Did you like it? Were you, or did you think it was See, good changes? For me, I don't care if a book and, or if a movie's different from its source material. Hey, that, that, that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me if you're just telling a good story, because I understand the book is always going to be different. Than the movie, it just is, and that's fine. Okay, I mean they they merge characters together all the time, and they they delete characters entirely, and so it's like so whatever. You're not critical so, at all of they no. If they, I, what if they ruin a character you really liked? It's not it's it. not the book character, yeah. right? It's not it's not that character. Right. It's its own thing. Okay. If that character sucks in the movie, the character sucks in the movie. Okay, it has nothing to do with the book for me. They're they're completely different entities. The the only thing that's the same. Is is Boy, name so, alone? Uh, so, take like Norse mythology and Marvel comics. They're completely different. I still love Norse mythology, and I still love Thor from from uh, Marvel, and I like the Loki, and I like that they're brothers, and I think that's cool. But in in uh in Norse mythology, Loki is not. He's a Jotun, right? Like he's not even an Asgard or an Asir or a Vanir. Like he's. He's a, a son of two giants, you know. Well, technically, in the Marvel movies, they did do that because Odin. But steals, he's not even. He's he not even accepts him as like right. But ransom, he's not even like a uh, an adopted brother or adopted son. And, and he's he's a blood brother with Odin, but in, and he's more friends with Odin. That's the only reason he's around. <laughs> Everyone else hates him. Even Odin doesn't really like him. But they're blood brothers. They're bound. So Loki in in mythology is Odin's brother. Blood brother, like not what like, is, uh, not mean? like, like, um, it's like you know, like Doesn't you cut your hands off. It's like, yeah, no, oh, one of those deals. Yeah, no, not like, that. sorry, yeah, not okay. biological brother, like uh, a like a metaphysical brother. Okay, that's what I thought you meant. Like a, like a bond, like an oath bond kind of thing. Okay, I see. Hmm. Well, I'm not that way. I'm pretty critical about what changes they make. I mean, sometimes I think I don't know. It's important to me. I'm not. I'm not as. Um, I guess open-minded about it as you are. It seems like it doesn't matter to you. It does matter to me because sometimes it's better, and sometimes it's worse. And I think you mentioned, you know, all you care about is the storytelling. Well, I think I think the same way. But I think for me, if the storytelling is being ruined because of the changes, and that's a problem. And sometimes the the changes though are really just artistic. Like uh, we talked about earlier, one of my favorite horror movies is The Keep. Mm. And that came out in the early 80s. And I love everything about that movie. But I'm a big fan of Michael Mann, who was the director. And especially his like 70s to 80s films. 
Like another movie he did was uh, Thief with James Caan. Okay. That's my favorite like cat burglar movie, right? It's just so it's so simple, but it really pulls you into like this just sort of obscure world of this character that James Caan is a part of. And it's my favorite like thief movie. Um, but going along with the keep, um, I love that movie so much. And I remember watching it as a kid because I'm a huge fan of vampires and Dracula and all that. And watching it as a kid, it scared the shit out of me. And I thought, man, this would make such a great vampire movie. So as an adult, many years later, I bought the book by Francis Paul Wilson and learned after reading it, that it is a vampire story and it, that the, that Michael Mann and the writers made some changes to the story because they wanted more of a science fiction pull. Like, right. more, like they wanted to be more, understood more as a science fiction horror. Right. Because right? in the book it is that, but you know, the author, again, the author described, has more time to describe things and explain things to the, the reader. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know, that's an example of where I guess I'm, it's amicable because it's, there's some interesting changes to the story. They're not necessarily better in the movie from the book but they're just as interesting like you know the hero the the hero or not the hero but the villain in the book is very much a vampire but not in the way that you think or from where and in the movie he's very much like a demon or an alien if you wanted to think about that you know and, and from a time that predates even like you know atlantis like super ancient oh, history cool. on earth yeah but there are examples of movies that I mean, we talked about The Hobbit. That's that's yeah. a modern one that for sure well, I was not happy with. Well, that's just not a good movie to begin with. Like besides the changes that they do, it's just not a great movie. It's not a good story. The well, way they do it is, I think not, I didn't enjoy this. The special effects are horrible. Well, they are. Yeah, they went weak, which is which is upsetting because of the, everything was so much better in Lord of the Rings, which is way older. an older movie. Yeah, by like ten years or something like that. Right, more than that, I think. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, how did you guys digress? No, I agree. Um, although I have to say, uh, in to be uh, to play devil's advocate a little bit, uh, I there let's say some positive things about The Hobbit. The scene where the dwarves escape from the Wood Elves distillery. You like okay, no, the barrel scene? Hold on. Let me let me finish. Now, I don't like the barrel scene down the river baloney. Okay. Because that was like straight out of like a... Like, I felt like I was watching like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves or something. Yeah. It was a very Disney weird moment. But the way they escape from the elves and the scene where they find the, you know, like the wine room and all that... That for me at least, that setup, that scene setup, and the character movement, and the dialogue, and the the editing and lighting, everything, I'm telling you, man, was straight out of my imagination. Yeah. From when I read the book. Same thing with um, oh, what's his name? It's like Ulfgar or something like that. The werebear. The uh, oh, the werebear, half giant, half werebear yeah, character that they meet up in the mountains, the Misty Mountains. Um. That also was like straight out of my head. I mean, Peter Jackson, at least with those two scenes, <laughs> did an excellent job of translating the words into imagery. Well, that's what people were saying about Lord of the Rings is that he did translate, you know, the book into the movies very well in the in the first like you know three movies. I think but. so. Yeah. Although I have to say, for the first movie or the first Lord of the Rings movie, I love Viggo Mortensen just as an actor. I think he's great. Um, but I imagined a different Aragorn. My mm-hmm. Aragorn was much more, I don't know if it's the proper word, but kind of hobo because he's a character who has had to live on his wits in the wilds. 
And so he very much is a wild man. He doesn't know how to really communicate well. And in the movie, he just comes across as like silent, the silent type. But yeah. in my head, when I read the book, well, he was silent because he didn't know how to communicate with civilized people because yeah. he'd been wild for so long. Not that he just grunted or anything, but that, you know what I mean? Like he was he, like, he liked the, like the wounded soldier. Yeah. Like he's just separated. He doesn't fit in anywhere anymore, right. you know? And they introduce him kind of that way when he's smoking in, in the shadows in the, mm-hmm. in the inn, but in the tavern rather, but not really. So that was a huge difference. I had to adapt to that. Right. Based on like the book, but I mean, Gandalf, Ian McKellen, obviously, he must have looked at the script or read the when he read the book, if he hadn't read it before, and thought, gee, I this will be easy. I'm going to go back to my stage days in college, you know, where I'm just <laughs> playing an old, like, you know, chip off the old shoulder British, you know, man with a long beard. <laughs> like the tip, atypical wizard, right? Like, yeah. you know. Oh, Gandalf's Which best. is designed right by Tolkien, I guess you could say. Mm. So. But, so, um, do you think it's a stronger strategy to watch the movie first and then read the books, or read the books and then watch the movie? Which do you think I is a think better strategy? It's more well for maximum enjoyment. For maximum enjoyment, okay. For entertainment value, I would watch the movie first, yeah, and then read the book. I would say so too. Um, that way, when you get upset by what the movie did, you'll be at least it'll be a downhill journey, right? You'll be you'll be impressed by the author's story more than we than things that were changed in the movie yeah now there is a some caveats to that because when you watch a movie first the characters now in the book will be the actors you saw in the movie yeah with some exception to them being mutated you know when you when you read the book over time um so i yeah i don't know because i don't know i mean i will say this uh, you're more upset if you read the book first and then you see the movie or if you're like me, in most cases, you just kind of marvel at it. You're just kind of like, ah, ah, aha. You know what I mean? Like you're just kind of just marveling over the little changes that they made. And most things aren't offensive. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Actually, I, no, I take that back. You should read the book first. Really? Uh, you know why? Because it, thinking about it really bothers. I, I remember how much it bothers me that I can't get the image of the actor out of my head. When I've seen the movie first and then yeah. I read the book, because okay. I really like—I wouldn't think that would be a big problem. As, a, as I'm just uh, imaginative, as a, and, um, yeah. And I really like the characters that my brain creates, right? Because I like making up characters on my own when then, I write. So, do you get upset when you watch the movie and they don't look like what's uh, in your head? Sometimes, other times, I think most of the time the characters are designed to be kind of like stereotypical of of how they're written in the book. And little details are missed out, or the the actor, or the, the either wrong direction or bad acting, mm. badly cast person, uh, like we said with Affleck and Batman, you know. Um, but there's many other examples of that. I mean, a lot of people like like okay, we talked about you know so a movie that's so good it's bad. Uh, I'm pretty sure if I had to guess, you like the movie Van Helsing with with Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's fun. There's some fun imagery in that movie. I think it's really the special effects are interesting. Yeah, right? his brides are great. But I don't like the movie. I don't like. Uh, I'm very critical about Dracula's anyway, and I'm especially critical of the guy who played Dracula in that. Mm. I don't remember his name, but all I could think of the whole time was you know Pee Wee Herman in a wig, and it was <laughs> driving me nuts. The game was pretty good too. Oh, they had a video game. Yeah, for it. that was based off the movie. It was pretty good. Um, a lot of puzzles and you know typical. PS2 game. Yeah. It was yeah. good, though. Ah, the PS2 errors. Yeah. Well, well, we'll probably come back around to talking about uh, 
video games and stories at some point too. Yeah, I feel like fun. that would be its own episode. Yeah, I think that would be. There's a lot, lot there, especially when you get to like really in depth games like God of War and Sinuous Curse and things like that. All right, Zach. Well, I thank you for your opinions, but uh, I'm still upset with you, uh, and we'll have to figure that out because uh, <laughs> your opinions on Superman and Bright upset me greatly. That's good. It's good to be upset. It teaches you. <laughs>also, feel free to contact us directly through email with audiopong at gmail.com. Be happy. Be healthy. And, and have, have a metal, metal life. life.